Welcome to Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. It's Paul, Spud, Tess, Rhino. And I'm telling you what, if you like a bit of uh, Boom Crash Opera, this is for the old school people, this song might have something to do with our feelings about Gerard. I'm speaking for the group, but I might be speaking for the whole Villa support. This is Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. So read between the lines, people. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here. Come on, Gerard. Get out of the house. of the game and that's the Premier League it's not the first to finding out Up the Villa the Aussie Villains podcast we have a cast of four we got Rhino hello oh excited there we got Tess good day mates and we got Spud hello everybody <laughs> and of course I'm Paul the person who does not hold it together with the glue um, guys we We'll certainly talk Gaffer. We will talk this game and then we'll talk a tiny bit about the next game because it could be a bit of disaster. So, we are all ready to rock and roll. Of course we are. Let's get into it. So, listeners were used to this. Um, I'll do my first half uh, mutterings that I wrote down as I'm trying to watch it. Um, The boys will then come in and sum it up much better than me. So, first half, where the hell is Ings? Oh, Buendia's being on. Uh, this is brilliant. Don't mind something different from a corner, but McGinn has to smash that. Oh, no, Buendia cops a heavy knock. Please don't let it be. Oh, no, he's fine. Stop telling us what uh, that we're the faves and that we will go ninth. We bloody know that. Commentators, shut up. Hey, it's a pretty good atmosphere. Cash's uh, cross was horrendous. That's the second bad one from our backs, but we can see what they are trying at least. Even this early on, you can see Forrest even at home, are going to try and close shop. It's ours for the taking. Mings is yelling at our players to get forward. He's gesticulating with everything he's got. Uh, he needs to be an octopus. Buendia's being industrious. I like it. Oh, I like the away kit, but I reckon they need claret shorts. I think that would be mint. I'm not sure if you noticed that, guys, but the... Uh, the ho- it, it, yeah, I just think we need the claret shorts to break it up. <laughs> Continue can't even clear the wall. God. Dennis finds out Mings is a man mountain. Oh, well, great. Free kick. My ass. Just because Mings is big. 
Yep, of course we can't defend a set piece. Absolutely static defence. Not one player even made an effort towards the ball. Oh, crap. The replay. Dennis didn't even move. He moved his head like he was giving a head job. Um, what a goal, Young. Took it on. Shot from distance against the keeper who is shaky. What a goal. We're in, boys. We're in. Oldest Villa play to score at the top level has to be. Uh, anyway, it's a bit of an oxymoron. His name's Young and he's the oldest, but we'll leave it at that. Brilliant passing from a quick throw-in. And what can smashes at home? Fuck, he's offside. He's miles offside. Another set piece from Forrest. Sort them out, Mings. Thank goodness he did. Another yellow to Forrest. They could see already. Come on, boys. Take them on. We're trying to uh, we're trying the long ball over the top, which we suggested in our podcast. They might um, they might get, get one from this. Coutinho doesn't chase a lot, but I suppose you don't put a Rolls-Royce on a speedway. We left two <laughs> players almost free for a header at the back post. What the hell are we doing? My God, their gaffer is one ugly dude. Like, seriously. I don't want to put down anyone who's got like head like the faulty heads, but his head is really bad. <laughs> Let's see what our set pieces can do. Oh, I love Emmy's fire. Look at him fired up. This is ours for the taking, boys. Come on. Really nice set piece, but it's blocked. And unfortunately, Konza gets a yellow stopping the breakaway. He had to do it. Young sweating like a Catholic, uh, Catholic priest at a primary school. Have you noticed how wet his top is? No one else's looks dark. We have to stop conceding silly free kicks near half. That's their only avenue possibly to goal. And that's it for the first half. I'm not unhappy, not happy. I think we can break them down. That was an 11-year wait for Young since his last fill of goal. So that was my first half summary, boys. Go for nice. It. Nice. I like it. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I prefer your summary because I can't summarise the first half because I woke up at, what's at 5 o'clock in the morning to watch this and... I wish I stayed asleep. I'm not going to lie um, because I didn't pick anything out from the game that I really, really enjoyed. Um, yeah, Young's goal was fire, but I mean, other than that, pretty disappointed and not much to say about the first half. Um, and I'm glad you were able to find some stuff to talk about. I thought we started brightly, like first five minutes. I thought, oh, maybe we're on you, but... Like Paul said, Forrest was just sitting deep when they, and you could just tell what they'd set up to do all game. And it, it was on us to break them down. And yeah, that first, we didn't show any quality really to, apart from young strike, to really break them down. The goal was, yeah, the defending was abysmal. Um, I'm not sure who's at fault. It looks like Ramsey or Mings to me. One of them should have been on Dennis. They were the closest to him. I would say Mings, given that he's a centre forward and. Mings would probably be marking him. But... I, went and watched, I went and watched that, uh, Rhino. I watched it yeah. just to see what was happening. And it looked like they had been set up to guard runs. And they were doing false... Our guys were doing false runs in defending. Yeah. So you pick up anyone. No, and it was really strange. And just after that free kick, they panned to Gerard, and he was having a word with McPhee. And it looked pretty heated, actually, which was which was good to see because, yeah, we all know um, set pieces defended and attacking hasn't been great. So it looks like he was getting in his year about that one. Um, but, yeah, very, you know, Young's goal, cracking finish from him. And he's 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 been our best player in the last few weeks. And, yeah, not much else really to talk about. Oh, sorry, the Watkins offside. For me, he's looking across the back four forest. How is he straight offside? He's got the best view of that he back line. Rhino, he didn't stray offside. He was a metre and a half offside. Yeah, how does he do that when he's looking down the line? All he has to do is just step back 
adjust himself and he's on side, but he just he's just watching the line and just doesn't bother getting back. So yeah, that pretty much sums it up for me. Come on, spot and test, get into it. See, I I I have a slightly different view on one of the things there. Like I thought it was a very silly foul for Mings to give away, and I think uh Dennis absolutely sold them down the river. It was a foul. Gerard said after it was never it was never a foul. It was a foul. He fumbled onto the ball. He didn't make clear contact with the ball. That's a and, foul. And they do call those. They they call yeah, those it's, more, it's, more it's than a, they don't. It's a foul. It's not a, it's it, it, it's a it's not a blatantly obvious foul, but it's a foul. I'd be expecting at our end. Yeah. So sure. yep. the thing that followed was well, worrying would probably be the only word I'd use for that to be honest. And but it, it happens in football. I mean, I'm not going to come down too hard into defence because well, without them for the last few weeks. Where would we be, you know? So yeah. Um, so I'm not going to come down to adding them. Now, the thing that concerns me the most is that um, we've now conceded three goals in the first 15 minutes of the first half of games. Only Bournemouth have conceded more in that time in the first half of games, which tells me we're not switched on from the first whistle. Now, that's that's worrying. We're not starting well if we're conceding three goals in the first five, the first half of. Uh, of games, you know, that's that's we've only played nine games. That's that's what? very worrying. Why are we starting so slow? Why are they not coming out of the dressing room revved up, organized, ready to go? 15 minutes, 15 minutes is a long time in a game, um, what? for you not to be switched on. Um, so that's a worry for me, as I said. Only Bournemouth have conceded less than that time in the first half of the game, so that's a very big concern for me going forward. Um, Our defence are always under so much pressure, though. That's the problem. The defence are always under so much pressure because we've got no midfield. Well, this I'm not. I'm not putting this on the defence. I'm putting this on the whole team. This is the yeah. you know, defenders' unit, the attackers' unit. That uh, this isn't me going out in the defence. I wouldn't go on to them now, as I said, because they've 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 basically carried us over the line the last few weeks. But as a team, that is a worrying statistic um, for a team that's not conceding so many goals the last few weeks to be that asleep in the first fifteen minutes of games. I'd be worried if I noticed that opposition managers are going in opposite north. Um, well, I just can't believe it. I just want to go to what you've just said then. I can't believe that it's happened once or twice this year, but it's happened three or four times. That that's on the players as well. I mean, we no, can that's what I'm saying, yeah, it's, it's, it's a collective, like it's it's, it's yeah. the players and the management. There, there, there's something why 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 aren't why aren't we awake in the first Because Mings is not our captain, mate. And if Mings is our captain, I guarantee he'd grab some of them by the throat as they go out. Ah, because, he's still on the pitch. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's the captain yeah. on the pitch. But... And the other thing I wanted to go to as well on the first half. Before today, right, Nottingham Forest had conceded 136 shots, 56 of them on target. Yep. So that's only two teams since 2004 have conceded more shots on target. And I, if I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's Blackpool and Hull in around 2016, 2017, that really bad team. That is serious questioning their defence. That if you're conceding 56 shots on target in the first eight games of the season, you cannot defend. No. So mm. why why did we have so little shots in that first half? Because we didn't have Ings on with uh, we didn't have Ings on, mate. And I, I think the as soon as I didn't see Ings on, I went, "What the hell is going on here?" I, if I was Ings, we said it in our last podcast. I'd want to be leaving. Mm. Yeah, very, very gun shy when we and we're just not getting good positions to get the shots off anyway. It just seems like we. are I don't know. We're just playing with the ball deep again. Nothing really doing in the in the final third. Just looking to knock it forward for Watkins to run on to. But there's yeah, the, the chances are few and far between, really. And yeah, yeah. 
the only positives I could really take from that first half, really, was obviously Young's great goal. But Adopwindy, Ramsey and Young really were the only one that could have came out of that with a bit of respect, you know. Yeah. And and what's interesting, and I want to ask you about this as well, your own opinions, as I've been listening to a couple of the other podcasts. A lot of the podcasts are going hard in on Buendia. And I, 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 I don't see it. Oh, he's getting, he's getting ripped by some of the other podcasts. Oh, and but, saying it was a terrible performance. It was this, that. Oh, and he was the only one trying to, him and Ramsey were the only ones trying to make things happen. Yeah. I don't understand. They were saying he was out of position. He was this. He had to be out of position. He was getting no ball. He at least he wanted to make things happen. I, I just look. Everyone, everyone has their own viewpoint of a game. So that's why I wanted to ask you on it. I, I, I thought without Buendia, nothing would have happened at all in a really well, first half. You know? I'll go back to my notes, right? Because I wrote, I write these as I'm watching. So I'm like typing away as I'm watching, right? And I've put here. This is about twenty odd minutes in. Uh, Buendia already so industrious. So I, I think he was one of our only bright lights in the first half. Mm-hmm. I felt it was him. I, thought, I also felt that Ramsey um, and Doggy actually did well. Um, Doggy as well. Yeah, sorry, mate. Just yeah. because because Doggy's been asked to go back to where he doesn't want to play, right? So he's gone back there to do that job, and it, again he does the job as well as anybody else could do it. Um, but, but it's I not his that... go, is it? It's yeah, but, not his go. We're, we're not but, playing him to his advantage. No, we're not. But also, there isn't anybody else because we've got all these injuries. But Buendia, for me, was trying to make things happen. He yeah. was trying to be make himself available for other players to pass yeah. to. He was going back and trying to dig in and kick and start things off. And he was trying to do a bunch yeah. of stuff along with Ramsey. And I disagree uh, for people that say that he was yeah. having a nightmare because that's and, what and I saw. Tess, I, Tess, I heard it in quite a few podcasts as well. It's not. It wasn't. It wasn't just no. Maybe on each podcast, maybe one of the panel on each went really hard in on them. But yeah, I just, what, I did wow! I, I well, you've got to agree on it now personally, and I, I thought that's why I wanted to bring it up with G because I was wondering, is there something I missed? Because I'm well, genuinely surprised, mate. I'm, honestly. Yeah, I, I thought Wendy, you know. Like you said, he was the only one looking to get on the ball, drop deep, get it, try and make something happen. And this is a guy who hasn't been starting for us. He's been getting fits and starts. So he gets his first start in a while. So I find it, yeah, a bit strange that people are criticising him when his players been sitting in there doing nothing for three, four games. He gets his chance. And, yeah, like you say, he's the only one having a crack, really. And oh, yeah, I would ever go out before him, I can tell, guarantee you that. Yeah, and for me, he has to start. Like, he, he Let's has put it to this be way. in. He, he, sorry to, to cut you there. I just got to put it this way. Buendia came on for his first start in a long time and tried to make things happen in this game. There are players who are playing week in, week out who have been really underperforming, yet they're starting every single week. And then people are criticising Buendia because he gets his first start and normally only gets 15 to 20 minutes at the end of the game to come on and try and do something. It's ridiculous, that thought, in my opinion. Um, He tried to do whatever he could. He's hardly had any minutes. He needs to start games to start getting a flow and start, you know, having some sort of continuity within the team. It's really difficult when you're chopping him and bringing him in and bringing him out. If you ask me, there are three or four players in that team at the moment who should not be starting games based on their performances. And the problem is, is that we're leaving people that are on the bench not getting any minutes, any minutes at all to try and prove or try to compete for those places. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's really cool. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Tess. And like, I'm not sitting here saying that Buendia absolutely ran the short threw up through the trees. I'm basically saying that man was trying. That's yes. all I can ask for players of it in a game like that. He was trying. Uh, like, he put Coutinho to shame in that first half. 
Well, what we'll do, guys, we'll 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 listen to um, an interview by Stephen Gerrard. Actually, no, good no, again. We'll We'll hold the interview for Stephen Gerrard so after we've done our second half, guys. But uh, I'll do our second half summary and we'll continue on. So we must make this second half our own. We must take it on. Bring Inzong, at least give him 35 to 40 minutes. Give him a chance. Oh, our set pieces are rubbish. We have a set pieces coach. He is stealing from the club. Ramsey almost finds Watkins at the far post. He can't say we aren't going for it here. McGinn is consistent. Loses a ball in an attacking position like he has all season. Honestly, he's having a shocker of a year. He must look the gaffer in the eyes and say, I'm ready, boss. Because surely he's doing something else to the gaffer to continue to get these games. Oh, our, abs- our pieces or our set pieces are absolute shite. Have I already said that? Nice header by Watkins and Henderson saves well. Looks like the gaffer may give Ings half an hour. Nope, still doesn't put him on. I repeat, their gaffer is so frigging ugly. The fish <laughs> you throw back in the ocean. Ings comes off the continuum. This should have been the formation from the start. Did anyone notice, guys? This is not from the notes. Continue just, he would get into space where a ball went through to him, and whoever was marking him picked him up within a meter or two. He looks like he's got no pace whatsoever right now. I think somebody um, like Jamie Carragher um, made a point on Continue to say that he's looking like he's a five a side player at the moment and not. not fit enough to play in the Premier League. Well, mate, honestly, I watched it on a few occasions and I and I love, you know, when you're watching a game and you pick up on something and you continue to watch it and you saw it. Every time he was put into space on at least three occasions where whoever was tracking him back picked him up like they weren't even trying. He looks mm. like he couldn't outrun me and I've had four knee recos. Well, it just summed him up in that, like that second half, the very early on, like forty-seven minutes, when he he sort of gets in the box and he just blazes over, you know, put a good chance to get something on target, even. But that's him all over at the moment, isn't it? The confidence just isn't there, and he just looks a shell of the player he used to be. Yep, absolutely. He was never, he, he was never a pacey player. Like, and I remember, I remember when we signed him permanently. I was over the moon, right? But I did air a concern at the time. I said, "You, know, my only concern about us signing him is." Like Coutinho is a luxury player, like that you put into a free flowing team that is yep. dominant on the ball. And at the moment, we're not that kind of team. So I'm just wondering what he's going to bring to us over 90 minutes. He's a moments player. I've said it plenty of time. We need fighters at the moment because we're in a fight. He's yep. not, we can't carry him. And, and, and what used to make him stand out is in this Liverpool teams and even in Bayern Munich, the year he was on loan, you know, you have the ball all the time, you can carry him and then he can have his moments. But he was brilliant at the time in those moments. No, he's even losing those moments, and it's worrying. It's very yeah, difficult. very much is. We'll continue on here. Cash has been very good in the second half. Very happy with his game. Begin has absolutely no confidence at the moment. It's actually really sad to see. Forrest are getting relegated. I can promise you this. They are not good at all, and we still can't break them down. I'm loving Ramsey fired up. He's really starting to get stuck into the opposition players, and this is a side of him I really like. Louise has to be careful right now. He doesn't get sent off. Dendonka's on from again. It's a good move. Honestly, can see Martinez leaving it, leaving for greener pastures. I hope I'm wrong. But seriously, he's too good a keeper to be playing in this rabble at the moment. If we get one point, it's going to be a loss. Let's see if the set-piece coach earns his dollars. Nope, another horrendous set-piece. Can I have his job? Because seriously, I can at least put the knife and fork on the table. We've got 10 minutes to win this. We're not fun to watch at all. I can't wait to talk to the boys about this. I find no fun in watching this Villa team at all. 
Fuck getting up at the crack of dawn for this absolute shit. We're dreadful at the moment. Stevie G can go and get stuffed. That was my second half summary. I mean, did you did you talk about Archer coming on for his cameo? Because he even when he came on, he looked like he was hungry as well. Oh, no, I didn't, mate. I, I, look, at this point, as you can probably see, I've got far less notes in the second half. I was absolutely furious. And, you know, I've put a couple swear words in there that I probably shouldn't have. But I, I think how I was feeling at that stage summed up many, many of us. So I, I, I'm still furious now. Yeah, I didn't understand what we were doing in the second half, to be honest with you. I felt like the game was there for the taking. I mean, you look at the shot that Ashley Young took from outside the area, the keeper. I mean, their defence is suspicious. They scored a lot of the teams. Like one of the commentators mentioned that most teams have been scoring from outside the area against Nottingham Forest, and we just weren't taking those shots. Ridiculous, really. He um, move. He's, he's got concrete feet. Um, you watch, even, even with the shot from Young, he moved so late. Um, and that's he, he seems not to be able to really judge the play. And I don't want to put him down, but that's what I've seen this season. I mean, if Ashley Young's coming from left back and, and taking a snapshot like that, what's happening to some of these midfielders that are scoring for Scotland every time they play for Scotland? What's happening to um, some potential World Cup players like in Danny, Dan, uh, sorry, in Ollie Watkins, who just can't seem to, it's just, he looks like he's. He looks like he's had enough and and doesn't understand what his job's supposed to be. And to be honest with you... I'm going to stop you there, mate. I, I'm, I, I'm not going to have a go at you. If, if a fucking striker doesn't know what their job's meant to be and he steps offside nonstop, he cracks his shits with his teammates all the time, I, I'm sorry, he's the one position where, whilst I don't understand what everyone else is meant to do at the moment, his job is pretty bloody obvious, Tess. I'm, I'm, I'm not having a go at you, mate. I'm having a go yeah. at and you're right, though, and and the and the thing is, um, and we'll we'll talk about the comments from the manager later. But he's got to step up and take responsibility because if you're not scoring goals, then somebody else needs a chance to score goals, um, and you can't sulk about not playing because you're just not doing anything. I don't understand what you're doing in in these games. Your first touch is a nightmare. Uh, it's been like that for a long time. You scored a few weeks ago. Did he score? Um, and we thought, okay, maybe this is a time when he's going to start getting one or two goals. But I think I, I'm lost for words. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I think, you know, Forrest, I've got it written down as well. They're happy to see the game out. And this is like, you know, start of the second half. So, again, we have to go there to break them down and we've got to be smarter in our build-up play. But there's just no there's no continuity. There's no flow. I thought Cash, like you mentioned, Paul, had a really good second half. He started getting forward, which made us look a lot more dangerous. Um, but other than that, not too many chances of note. I think Watkins had a header save from Henderson. Archer, good to see Ings and Archer get on. Um, and especially to see Ings get more minutes than he's typically been getting. Um, but I think it's time to make that change and get him starting instead of Watkins for me. Uh, Archer did have a good chance late on as well. Unfortunately, put the header back across the box instead of going through himself. But again, young fellow who's had very little minutes, so hard to not going to come down on him about that one. Um, oh, my God, guys. What about John McGinn's header? <laughs> let's not let's not because you know what it's gonna let's not do this because you know what it's gonna sound like is that we're digging him out again and every but time we what was he doing please oh, tell me okay look he was he was i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know 
what he he's was doing. He's been he's been waiting for that opportunity all season for the ball to fall to his favorite left foot in the box, ready to smash it. I don't know what he was thinking. Honestly, I, I've been trying to reason in my head what was going through his head, and I just I can't. And then I just think, you know, that just sums up Villa at the moment. Like, it just it just sums us up absolutely yeah. bereft of confidence. Like you're not going to put your favorite left foot through the ball. There was no one around him. There was and literally then, no one around him um, at all, Spud. And um, I, I thought another thing as well, I found strange, and I'm not getting onto him, but it just goes to show the confidence of the team is because I actually thought Ramsey had a very good game. One stage, he broke the lines. He'd done everything right, and he t- the shot was opening up, and he tried to square it to Watkins, and it was just rolling into the centre-half. Yeah, lane. yeah, he could have gone on his left, couldn't oh, he? And, and he'd done everything right. It would have been a yeah. super goal. And and we've seen him do this. We've seen him do it against Norwich last year where he carried the ball and he rifled in the top net. He'd done it against Leeds in the 3-0 win. He's, yeah. He has it in his locker. The team is so breath of confidence at the moment that they're going out not to lose games. They're not striking. Watkins last week, same, trying to roll it into the team. It's 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 horrible to watch. Like, And then you oh. just think, if, and if anyone, if honestly, at the moment, if anyone was going to take a strike there, I would have said Ramsey or Bundia because they're the ones playing with any bit of confidence. Like, and 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 they broke playing. I just couldn't believe he squared it. I was just. I feel sorry know. for Ramsey though in that moment because yeah. I thought yeah. that was he was fantastic at that moment. Yeah. Do you know what I, I think? Saying, he was I don't want to do. I agree with you, Ted. I'm trying not to dig him out, you know, because but yeah, he needs. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. But normally, you know that Ramsey's going to hit that with his left foot. And he's going to go and smack that yeah. and towards goal. I think what he was trying to do was get Watkins a goal to help him with that confidence. That's what I felt like at that moment. Because normally you see Ramsey in that kind of position. He does not hesitate. He will smack that and try to score a goal. He does it all the time when he comes in those late runs and he'll just hit it first time we, and score we a goal. We actually don't utilise his ability to do that half and off, you know? Yeah, I don't think he was actually trying to give Watkins confidence. I think he was trying to do the team thing. Um, and when you're playing a team as bad as Forrest, sometimes you just got to be selfish. Guys, our leading goal scorer has how many goals? One. Young, nine and one or something. Yeah. One goal. Hasn't Young got three this season, though? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Hasn't Young got three goals this season? Or was it two? With the cops. I suppose, is it? No, the own goals. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I just wanted to mention another thing there as well as before we move on or whatever. Um, he, he, I made a point on the podcast last week, you know, about uh, again, after the Leeds game, I says, when we went down to 10 men, I wanted to see Gerard Ginnings on, even maybe bring Archer on late, get the three attackers on there. And that was the game for it because there was space on the pitch and, and they were down to 10 men and he chose not to. Yet he decided to do it this week when there was a full 11 and no one at the back. And that is a head-scratcher to me. That was desperation yeah. to me. Why didn't, why, why didn't he do it against Leeds when there was 10 men on the pitch to play against? Why is he doing, yeah. why is he doing it this week when the space isn't there? I think he was content to get the point against Leeds away. And then with this game, I think, like he said, he, he's realised that he needs to get three points in this one. That's yeah. why he's done it. He's just it panicked, I think. That's desperation. That's, yeah. that's just, Leeds yeah. game would have been the perfect game to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, uh, Ryan, that's genius work by Gerard. Pardon? That's genius work by Gerard figuring out against one of the crappiest teams I've seen in a while that we need to get three points. Yeah, Once I think not having to go at you, having to go at him. I think it's just pure panic because I think he knows, you know, the media and everyone's starting to take note now, aren't they? And starting to 
realise how bad we actually are. And I think you just pure panic and just throwing players on and hoping for the best. And like we'll discuss later about his interview, hoping for a bit of magic. So, anyway. Last thing I want to say in that second half there. Sorry, Paul, before you go, because I'll forget about it in a minute. Uh, just you find this interesting now. Right, lads. You know Emmanuel Dennis? Right. He has actually lost the last 11 games straight that he's played in the Premier League. Five against five for Forest and six for Watford. Yeah, there's nothing like an old fixture against Villa to break a bad run, is there? Nah. Well, he always scores against Villa, doesn't he? <laughs> well, well, guys, before we listen to Gerard's, um, I don't know if we even want to call it an interview. Before we listen to his excuse fest, um, we did have um, what would the re- result against Forest be? We'd got a little bit of confidence back in the supporter group. Seventy percent thought that Villa would win. Thirteen percent thought Forest would win because that's our pessimistic side. And there was seventeen percent who said it'd be a draw. So. Um, 17% of you were right and uh, 100% of us were unhappy um, so we'll go listen to Gerard's interview now and when we come back we'll, we'll have a bit of a talk about that and a few other things um, guys you can get our Twitter feed it's at Aussie Villains capital A capital V for the Aussie and the Villains obviously um, please excuse the name at the moment we have changed it to pack your scouse bags and go <laughs> well, no, Paul, you have changed it to pack yeah. your <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, that's, that's Paul. Paul has changed it to pack your scouse bags and go. <laughs> my, my family wouldn't be too impressed with me in Liverpool if I was telling them to pack their scouse bags. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll come back. We'll come back and see if um, uh, there's any magic in his interview. Uh, a bit of a break in the podcast. We're talking about magic, because Gerard certainly is. Uh, a few times he mentioned that in his interview. You can get us through the Love Sport podcast up the villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. You can get us through Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Apple. Get us wherever you want there. You can also get the Love Sport podcast on Facebook and Twitter to join the conversation. And we are at Aussie Villains, so Aussie with a capital A and Villains with a capital V on Twitter. You can follow our polls and everything there as well. Jira, it's got the magic in me. Leeds really were, uh, I feel as if we, we should have took maximum points. We had a massive opportunity today to really jump in the league. That would have felt good if we could execute it. Uh, I don't think there was much wrong with our performance up until a certain point. But again, I felt like we've lacked quality in the final third. We haven't created enough. And um, I need to keep challenging certain individuals to step forward and um, produce moments of magic. Ashley Young's strike today was phenomenal. That's the only real moment of magic we got in the final third. That's not enough. And defensively, quite strong apart from the goal. Is that your kind of assessment? Yeah, well, listen, it wasn't a foul. Tyrone got good contact on the ball, so that, that went against us. I thought the referee got that wrong. Uh, but having said that, we still need to defend the set play well enough. Our set pieces today, four and against, were, were poor. Um, but our general play up until the final third was really good. Defended well. We looked organised. We passed the ball well enough. But our last cross, our last pass, um, and we haven't got enough players, big-name players, stepping forward for us and providing magic at the moment. And as you said before, Ashley Young stepping up with a moment of magic playing in a different position but again putting in a strong performance yeah listen it doesn't matter where he plays or the job you're asking to do he's all in um, I can't be any happier with him from an individual point of view I'm sure the fans are delighted with him he's really leading and pushing the team and I need to keep help he needs to keep helping us push players to demand more from them because we've got the names we've got the quality we've got the ability in the final third I asked them to play with freedom they, you know go and be yourselves we, we tried to tweak the formation we finished with attacking players on the pitch so we expect more and we need more. 
and four games unbeaten. Do you think, you know, you're not too far away from getting those wins on the board? Listen, we can change these draws into wins if people step forward and give us moments of magic, and that'll help us feel a lot better. Uh, I don't want to talk about four games unbeaten because it's not enough. Um, you know, in, in this game at a club like Villa, we need wins, and we had an opportunity today to win the game to really jump up the league, and that's um, that's gone by us. Do believe, and I could be wrong here. I think he said the word magic three times. So, if you're looking at the uh, at Aussie Villains Twitter uh, feed, you'll see I have put a few. Me, Paul, not Spud, <laughs> not Ryan, not Tess. They want to keep their jobs. Um, I have put a few references to magic in in a few different posts around us. Some people haven't picked up on on that yet, and that's okay, guys. Um, if you had a chance to kind of, has anything in there made you feel happier about the interview or is it just words? Yeah, just the same words for me. Um, I'm, I'm tired of hearing the same words all the time um, because they mean nothing. Because if they meant something, then th- that meant things are changing, but nothing's changing. So it's saying the same thing week in, week out. Um, what I picked out from that interview is that, again, he's digging out um, the attacking players. I mean, if you're saying uh, certain players need to come out and, and start uh, delivering pieces of magic, it sounds to me like you're digging people out without saying their name yeah. because it's pretty obvious who you're talking about. Spot on. I think that's what I picked out of it as well, Tess, that he's again sort of going sort of in a roundabout way after some of the players publicly. And I just think he's just going to be a bit more tactful with these interviews and, you know, Nathan Baker retired recently with his magic hat, so, you, can, you know, magic's not going to happen for him, mate. Yeah, love it. Um, uninspired for me, um, just a word fest. He's good at putting sentences together, which surprises me after watching him play. Guys, we did put a um, poll up again. We've done it every single week, so we haven't jumped on the bandwagon. Um, I put gaffer must go, so I didn't even really put a question in. Um, the first... The first and it's me, not Spud, not Ryan, not Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was only jogging, man. No, I know that. I know that. The four <laughs> categories that I put up on our behalf were, yes, the fraud must go. No, let's meander on. The third one was don't know. I'm not watching. And fourth was Paul, stop asking. Which every, <laughs> every time I put up something about myself, it does get a couple percent there. So that got 8%. Um, 3% said, no, let's meander on. So I think that might have been uh, Gerard responded there. The fraud, <laughs> the fraud must go, 89%. I think the anger, and I just want to talk about social media, guys, and, and let you guys come into it. I don't remember seeing the Villa social media um, this angry in a long, long time. Any thoughts in that regard? Well, it, the, the, the anger that's come out this week has been huge. Um, there's, a, there's a couple, like there's so many similarities between this season and the season that Smith had the last season. Like after 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 nine games um, of the season, Smith got sacked. We were in 13th and after nine games, we're actually in 16th now for, for Gerrard. Um, he has lost Michael Beale. At the time, Smith had lost um, Richard O'Kelly and John Terry. And Jack Grealish, which was obviously the big one. So, no, I was a staunch backer of um, Dean Smith right up to the end. I, I, I genuinely thought it was absolutely senseless for after him losing Jack and his coaches and everything to buy three players to fit exactly for his system, which was Bailey, Buendia and Ings, but then to sack him 
after not giving him a chance to bed these players in. I didn't understand it. I didn't, and I never will. I, I didn't agree with the, the, the sacking at the time. Um, no, we'll never know if it was the right call or not. I don't, I can't question that. But as soon as Drag got announced as the manager, I backed it. I said, yeah, I'm on board as I do with every manager that comes in. Everyone yep. deserves a shot. Um, now, the problem I think is that um, what's, what's going to happen is why is he getting backed to the hilt so much when Smith really actually was the one who got some continuous improvement but just had a little stutter at the start of one season with a lot going on behind the scenes at the time and he got ran out the door. Yep. Um, guys, just um, I did have something up on the Twitter feed um, before his press conference. So let's see if I how correct I was. This was before his press conference, okay? I put up, uh, we should all guess what the gaffer will say without hearing the press conference. This was about 10 minutes before his conference. This was, I'm not going to do the accent because I won't do it justice, but I'll just put, <laughs> boys tried hard. Not enough creativity when they went forward. We need to take our chances. I'm disappointed we didn't make more of that. We will work hard on the track and prepare for the weekend. That's what I thought his interview would be. So I was a little bit off track, but not far. It's the same old, same old week in, week out, though, isn't it? And, and we've won four out of our last 20, which is relegation form. And that's, you know, that's really worrying. And the four teams we've beaten, Southampton, Everton, Burnley and Norwich, you know, four poor teams, you know, Burnley and Norwich have gone, been relegated. Southampton and Everton haven't been great since. So for me... We've got if he's going to stay, if they're not going to pull the trigger, we've got to try something different because we keep rolling out the same old, same old week in, week out with the same result. And it's, yeah, it's it's just not going to change with some of the, like Tess said, you know, there's three, there's three or four players in this team that need a spell. And there's a few players that need to come in just to freshen it up and change it up, in my opinion. Well, I had to get my 10 year old to close her ears because she was laughing because I said, I just need to get this out. And she was sitting in the lounge and my partner was sitting in the lounge. And I said to them, I need to yell or something, right? So cover your ears up. And I literally screamed about the gaffer. And I didn't swear, but I was really angry and loud. And they were in tears laughing at the stuff I was saying. And I actually did feel better, boys. So I, I do mm -hmm. recommend grab a pillow. Scream a few bad things into uh, about Stevie G into it. You might feel a bit better this week because social media is still going off. Um, you just put in put in Villa at the moment, and every second post will be when's the gaffer being sacked. There was this statement that Perslow did um, when Dean Smith joined us in October 2018. Our team was really struggling in the championship. He immediately transformed the atmosphere and performances and achieved the ultimate success of leading Villa back to the Premier League within the same season, which is a rare feat. He then secured our place in the Premier League after a tough campaign and took us to a cup final at Wembley. However, after a good start to last season, this year we have not seen the continuous improvement in results, performances and league position, which we have all been looking for. This is the reason we've decided to make a change now to allow time for a new head coach to make an impact. First of all, the atmosphere and the performances have gone. There is no ultimate success of leaving anything in the cup at the moment that I can see based on the performances that we've currently got. And the league position is pretty much similar to when he got the job. And is his winning percentage about the same as uh, Sherwood's? Probably about the same. It's, it's just really, really frustrating because it feels like 
the great culture that started to become under Dean Smith, where the fans were on board and engaged, and even when he had poor run of results, the fans, a lot of the fans, there were some fans who were Dean out. Um, I was a Dean in um, for for a long time, but I understood when he left the job what based on what they said as to why. But I mean, five games, and you you think he can still? We weren't badly in trouble. We were still making opportunities. We just didn't get breaks at times for me. And then there were some situations where I felt like he could have made changes and he didn't. Um, and I guess that was his downfall. But what I'm looking at now seems to be the same as when Dean Smith was in charge. Well, before we go to a break and, and come back and have a look at the Chelsea game, um, Ryan. Yep. This is on you. This is a question on notice. Yep. Before we, we go to the break. You have the team this week. What is one change that you think could be a positive for the team going forward? What What is one thing that you would do as a gaffer? Can you just also ask me the same question afterwards and sound that alarm that you've got for me? Because I've got more than one change. <laughs> yes, we will cover that. But I, 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 I'm really interested to hear what, what is one change, Rhino, that you, you reckon you could make? Uh, formation for me, I'd go 3-5-2 for the Chelsea game. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, for me, I would sack myself. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, boys, we're going to uh, we're going to cover the Chelsea game. Um, I actually have a little bit of a different viewpoint on this Chelsea game, so it could be a little bit different. So we'll go to a break, uh, and when we come back, we'll look forward to the Chelsea game. It's eleven o'clock on Sunday night which is 9 o'clock for Spud. It is midnight for Rhino and it is 11 o'clock for Tess and I. So we'll come back and we'll look forward to the game against Chelsea. So, guys, we've been all doom and gloom uh, at the start of this um, podcast. I think many, many Villa supporters around the world are feeling the same. I couldn't imagine any of them are feeling... Uh, fantastic at the moment. But the beautiful thing about the game we absolutely love is that, you know, most of the time there's another game pretty quickly coming round. And we've got Chelsea this week. Boys, take it away. Give us your lineups. Give us your thoughts. I'm leaving this to you three at the moment and I'll uh, I'll come in a little bit uh, later. So, Tess, we might start with you. But before we do, I just got to let you know, guys, that if there is a little bit uh, stuff going on, <laughs> we have the test siren ready to rock and roll. So I'll leave it to you, boys. Fire up with your lineups and, and what you think we can do against Chelsea. Um, for a start, we know that Cameron Archer knows how to score a great header against Chelsea, so it might be a great opportunity to give him a game. Um, so the team's really... For me, I've gone with a, a different kind of lineup, um, and it's not going to happen. And that's probably why I'm not sitting in that chair. But I might as well be based on the current performances and the team selection. So, I've gone with the back. I've gone with the the usual at the moment. Um, so the Martinez, Cash, Cons, and Mings, Young. I like it. Um, I just think Young's been. Um, I, I think. Do you know what happened? His confidence since. He schooled uh, Kevin De Bruyne um, in that Manchester City game. His confidence has been great and he's just been firing and doing whatever he can to help the team. 
um, which is something I didn't understand when we re-signed him um, again. But um, he's proven me wrong. Um, he's been a leader out there, in my opinion. Um, he's been doing the shithousery. He's been doing all that kind of stuff um, and using his experience. So, I mean, he has to start and probably wear the armband if Martinez doesn't. Because I think when McGinn went off, Youngie wore the armband and not Martinez. Yeah. Um, in the last game, um, I would start with Dendonka and Louise as the holding uh, players. Um, Dendonka, because he needs to start playing minutes if he's going to be with us um, and sit, having him sit on the bench if none of the other players are good enough, i.e. I'm talking about we've got Nakamba there who was a serious miss when he got injured last season um, and now he can't even get a look in. Um, so Dendonka to come in alongside Louise. And then I've gone with uh, Buendia and Ramsey. So Ramsey to play off the left, Buendia to play sort of off the right. And then Ings and Archer up front. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, over to you. Because I think... Oh, yeah, sorry, and, sorry, apologies. Yeah, I was just saying, just because I think the two players that I've left out, I mean, really need a break. They really need a rest or they really need something. And there are other players that really need an opportunity to go and see what they can do to see if they can earn those shirts. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, Spud, over to you then, Rhino. Yeah. Um, I I think I would, I would like drastic changes for this game to, if we were playing anyone that I thought we'd have a good chance of beating. But I, I, because it's Chelsea, um, I, I do think it's going to be back to the Wilds job. So I do think we need pace in there. So I do, if Bailey's fit, I think he has to play and um, and, and Watkins as well because we're not going to see much of the ball. Um, I don't think um, I don't think that um, we're going to be able to control the midfield so much. So I think if if I ha- we're going to have to go with a similar kind of four three three, but you'd have Louise then Dunker. Again, I spoke about in the review, Paul, that he owes us a performance in a game that we're going to dominate um, after doing well against Leeds. And it was just reverted straight back, back to type in Forest in a game that we had possession of the ball and he had an awful game, a truly awful game. So I was the first to say after the Leeds game that he deserved a spot in the Forest because of that. But I'd be the first to say if he doesn't get dropped this weekend, then there's, there's he'll never get dropped. He, that's the reality. He'll never get dropped. So, Louise, I thought the one positive of that second half against um, against Forest was Dendonker's performance. I thought he came on. He looked assured, simple, but very effective. There was a bit of stra- bit, bit of height in there, but it looks a bit physical. Mm. I think if you put himself and Louise together, um, I think it would be would be ideal. Now, if if Nakamba had any kind of minutes behind him whatsoever, I think this would be the game to put him in, which we know isn't going to happen mm-hmm. because we have to stop Chelsea's midfield playing because mm-hmm. we're coming up against a team that are under one of the best current coaches, a team that's going to be so well coached we may not touch the ball much. Like the Graham Potter is already putting a stamp on that team and he has the players and we are not coached at the moment and I fear that this is the game that it's, we're going to be really see how bad we actually are because Chelsea are on the up at the moment. So that's why I think we need to build a team that's there just to stop them playing, not to control anything ourselves and then just hope, very similar to Man City, that Bailey and Watkins can break the lines in behind and do something. Bailey maybe grab a goal like he did against City. You know, he wouldn't be relying on Watkins for a goal, but I still think he's got the pace for the out ball. I wouldn't play him the week after with Fulham, but we'll get to that separate. The back line, 
it, it doesn't really change. I mean, you can't really change that, can you? Like, you can't. No. Every one of them have earned their spot. Maybe, as Ryan said, you could be, go to back five, maybe bring, possibly bring Bednarik in there, get an extra body. Um, Chelsea play a little held back, though. They don't really play with a real man pushed up. So, mm. tactically, I think he's going to be drawing out our midfield. So, maybe the back three, or he'll want to draw out our centre-back. So, maybe a third centre-back might be a good option. Because Sterling, probably Mason Mount will play in behind. And what they'll do is they'll play so deep away from the box that they'll have to draw a back line out and that's where you get trouble against Chelsea you know and and, and the difference is like you've seen how Brighton set up but they didn't have the quality up, up top to finish but he has the quality you know and I think Potter's going to do a very good job there and I think we're going to see how good a job he's going to do Sunday and I'm very worried about it because tactically we're going to get played off the parks on that and I hate to be that negative but if we can't come up with a kind of a plan B against Forest statistically the worst team in the league what are we doing against a team that's so well coached players like that and I'm very worried I'm just hoping that the, the players will go out and say you know we, we're going to play against a, a, a club of stature at the moment and we can up our game because we, we did it against uh, Manchester City and arguably could have won that game um, and sometimes the, the team seems to step up when we play these these I, I guess bigger sides at the moment um, and I'm hoping that's what we could do but you're right I agree with you you feel my surprise, Rhino? I've gone the, as I alluded to, I've gone the 3-5-2 and I'm similar, you know, I've gone the back three of Konza, Mings and Bednarek and I'm just going to go with the wing backs to try and jam the midfield with the three midfielders. So Cash on the right and then Young as the left wing back, not ideal with Dinier out, but it is what it is. And my midfield three then of Louise, then Donker and Buendia, a busy midfield. Um, I agree with Spud. I think, that midfield, we're not going to get much possession. That's why I'm going to try and jam three in there with the wing back supporting to try and just close out the space on Chelsea. And I've gone Ings and Archer up top then. Uh, just something different. I just, yeah, just would love to see something different and just because what we're doing at the moment is not working. Let's give Ings and Archer some time from the start and let's see what they can do. Absolutely love it. I, Spud, take the fear out, mate. I think that this is one of those kind of performances where everyone's going to expect us to lose. Everyone expects Gerard to be under pressure. This is going to be the kind of win that I, I think we're going to win. I honestly do. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win at Villa Park. I think in some ways it could be a curse because it could save Gerard. Um, I think the players are going to go out without any fear. That they're, they're honestly not expected to win. They are at home. I would love to see Ings um, and Archer up front together than myself. I think Watkins should start on the bench. I think Coutinho should start on the bench, get hungry players in. Um, the back line, exactly as you guys have said, there's no point in changing that. I think this is the kind of game and, and that we take on at home. We lose, everyone expects us to lose. They do. Mm. It expects Gerard to be under the pump. Go out, give your players freedom. Don't bag them like you did after the uh, the draw against Forrest. That was ridiculous. And, you know, just let the players have some creative freedom. Let them do what they're going to do. And I look, Chelsea's only scored 13 goals in nine games. I understand they're getting better. I understand Potter's just come across to them. But it's not like they're scoring goals for fun. This is a chance for us to beat a big-name team and... It doesn't mean our season's going to be fantastic if we do get the win. I don't think things are going to change 
um, dramatically. But I think this is one of those. It's a free to me. It's a free kick. And uh, potentially, uh, Reese James is out because I think he's picked up an injury uh, in Champions League or something like that. So this will be a great opportunity for someone like Ramsey to operate on the left hand side, down there right. Um, We're um, going to beat Chelsea two 0 it's it's going to be it's going to be a marvelous night. We're going to go to work on Monday morning or whatever we choose to do that day, and we're going to have this great win. But we all know it's going to paper over a lot of cracks. But I'll take it anyway. Um, Rhino and Tess, can I just ask you something there? Just just our interest there. You you were saying about Arthur Nings up top against Chelsea, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I get obviously why you'd you'd like to see that. You know, I know, I, but. Where's the where's the chance like their finishers, like where, where do you, where do you see the chances created coming um, uh, against the midfield like Chelsea? Um, so on the counter attack, yeah. yeah. So on the counter attack, in my opinion, like and, yeah. and, and you know, um, on the counter attack because I think um, without having um, say for example Coutinho who seems to be slowing things down a lot. Um, Ramsey, given the license on the left hand side, because I feel feel like in the last few games, Ramsey hasn't got the space on that left sort of side because Coutinho is there, and the sort of stuff that Ramsey has been showing that he can do with the, when he's on the ball and take the ball forward and drive at an attack, he hasn't been able to do because it's being laid off to Coutinho who's holding the ball and then they're trying to make runs off him. I think this will be a chance for Ramsey to kind of shine and be that attacking left side player and if Reese James is out as I said there's an opportunity there to ch- attack whoever's going to be their fullback on that particular day um, and I... Ramsey can also create um, um, we know he can create once he gets on the edge of the box those left foot and drives it straight into the box you know people like Archer and Ings are going to be in the right spaces um, because they're natural strikers they're natural finishers they, they should be in the right spaces for him to assist as as Buendia. Um, thinking of, like, say, Buendia, when he gets the ball, um, he knows how to pick a pass. And if Ings is further forward, sort of in the box, Archer's that more mobile player with a bit more pace who can also make things happen. So I was thinking that's yeah. how. Yeah, and I think as well, Chelsea score. play, Chelsea usually play a back three and it'll be like Koulibaly, Thiago and Chalaban. I think Archer and Ings running off the shoulder of those guys with um, Wendia, Louise, Cash and Young bombing forward. I think, you know, with the back three there, I think playing one up top might leave us a bit light up there and just outnumbered. So that's why I've gone with the two up front, Ings and Archer, just for a bit of run and a bit of something different. Yeah. Well, guys, one of the things, I I see it slightly differently. One of the best passes from the game against Forest on the weekend was when uh, both Ings and Kongsa... uh, took the ball on and, and actually moved forward instead of the sideway passes. And Konza did this beautiful ball that just wasn't red. I'm not sure if you remember the bit of play or it was mishandled by Watkins. But I think it could be Ings, uh, sorry, Mings and um, Konza coming forward with sliding the ball through. Because Konza's pass was probably the best pass of the whole night for us, if you can remember that one. Yeah. And I, I actually, I do... I don't know what I would do in the circumstance because I don't know if Bailey's fit. And I'm, the reason I put this team is because I don't know if he's fit enough to, to play. Yeah. Um, and when uh, Spud, you were saying that if Bailey's fit, then he should play because we need that pace. And I agree with that. And if that would be the case, then I would I would go with having replacing Archer with uh, Bailey. Yeah. 
just to give a bit of pace up top type thing. Like. To give it a bit of pace up top, up top, and Ings is the finisher. You know, if you can get him the ball, he knows how to finish. He's not the most mobile player anymore, um, but he does know how to finish. Um, and so that's why I would make that change. But at the moment, if he is out, I just feel like Watkins needs a rest, and he he's not going to enjoy operating off one of the wings. I don't think in any of these games, and I don't know how effective he would be would be in doing that. Um, yeah, I just think against Chelsea like that. Like we have to bypass the midfield. Um, we have to go along mm. every time because we're not going to be able to play them in the middle. We're just not. They're just no. they're, too, they're too well drilled. Watch them against AC Milan and stuff there. The last two games they played against AC Milan, who have a serious midfield at the moment, and they just couldn't touch the ball. AC Milan. They're just they're, they're like three uh, 0 last week at, and uh, at the San Siro and two 0 at Stamford Bridge last night, and and. And it was really impressive how good Chelsea kept the ball. I've never seen them like that under their previous managers. And mm. um, so I don't think we can try and outplay them in the middle. That's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong. But that's, but that's what I think what we're, you know, not alluding to. We're stating yeah. that it's, it's either on the counter or yeah. we have the likes of Konza and Mings actually take the ball forward and, and, and provide that pass. I think that's yeah. how you do get around the midfield. Around, yeah. That's why you definitely need some, uh, for me personally, I think if you're going to be playing that kind of game, you definitely need some pace up there. Like, because, mm. um, yeah, because I don't think, uh, like, we're in, at in, home. Let's in, take them yeah. on. If we lose, we bloody lose. But yeah. let's actually take it on. I don't yep. think there would be one Villa supporter who would complain if we just didn't go for it. I mean, yeah. uh, do it, you know, we're playing at home. Doing the same tactics we did against City, even if we get a point, it's not going to win any more of our fans over. I just think we need to be brave. I think yes. I think yes. Steven Gerrard, in order to try and win the support of the fans back, because I think we haven't mentioned this, um, if I'm not mistaken, when I was listening to the game in the second half and uh, towards the end of the game and at the end, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard some animosity to Steven Gerrard. You did. Guys, with... Look, you've made me far happier than what I was after the uh, the result yesterday. Um, I am going to go that Villa get a 2-0 win. I have said it'll be fantastic and paper over some cracks, but I think we're actually going to get three points here. Excellent. I hope you're right. <laughs> scores, yeah. scores, boys, I love scores. the positivity. Get the scores out there, boys. 2-0 mm. um, Chelsea. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm gonna put a dampener on it. Two 0 Chelsea for me. Yeah, no, too good. Do you know what? Um, I would be I would be happy if we took a point from this game. Yeah, I think I think on the circum based on the current circumstances, to get a point against Chelsea would be not too bad at all. And the reason I say that is because it's one of those Chelsea, one of those teams that between now and the end of the season, they're going to beat a lot of teams, uh, especially teams that are in and around us. So if we can get something from them, it's going to help us. So if we can get a point, I won't, I won't be too mad at that. Spud, bring it home, big man. Uh, my heart says, my heart says draw, but my, my, a draw in this game, a really good result. But because now he's because he went so negative against Forest and Leeds, um, even the draws are going to look a good result now. No? I think the sirens come out if we get a loss. I think the sirens out for Gerard. <laughs> I mean, I to be honest, let's talk about this for a minute. 
Steven Gerrard has gone in there with his team. He's lost to his coach. That's done and dusted. He brought in another coach. He's still inherited Nanny McPhee and these people. And I don't know what they're doing. Like, I'm I'm really confused because apart from um, Douglas Louise scoring um, from the corner for fun, that's not something they do. That's something he does. Um, I want to know what they're doing because defensively and attacking-wise, in set pieces, we are not good at all. And I don't understand what they do and what we're doing. It's just nothing seems to be working with them and I don't understand why they're there anymore. You might as well get rid of them. And I th- perhaps they're giving the players too much information on what to do instead of letting them play and, and express themselves. And that's what I'm... I'm Dean Smith allowed these players to go and express themselves. Watkins scored double figures in two seasons. You know, um, we were getting the odd goal from Konza or Mings. Um, We were getting Matty Cash doing the bombing and all these sorts of things. And um, even when Bailey came, I think, got one or two games before um, Smith got sacked, had confidence. He looked like a totally different player, like he was electric. You know, even though he was injured, he came on, scored that great goal against Everton, all these sorts of things. And now all the players just seem to be playing within themselves. Like, just, just keep, That's what I said to you before, mate. Keep it simple. Just let the players play against the team that you're expected to lose against and just go out and have some fun. Because yeah. none of them look like they're having fun. And as supporters, we are certainly not having fun. Yeah. Guys, this is Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. We've been around on this one for about an hour tonight. I hope that um, our negativity turns into positivity rather soon. You know what? Sometimes you can't be positive, but we're going to win 2-0 and we'll all be happy. <laughs> we're going to draw one. We're going to draw the game. Um, we're going to draw the game. I can I can feel it now in my bones. Like we, We're going to draw this game. I just, I just want to see the players be brave. I want to see them be given some freedom to play because we know... Um, as Gerard said in his post-match interview, that we've got the names, we've got the players. Um, they just need to be given some freedom to play and magic, magic, if the, magic. The magic. <laughs> and if the what look, I don't like calling for managers' heads, right? But so what I'm what I what I think should happen is Gerard should listen to what people are saying around him. They're talking about it all over social media, but not only that, they're talking about it on Sky Sports. I know he watches Sky Sports. His friends are talking about the way that Villa are playing and he should take some feedback and say to himself, do you know what? They're right. If I, I'm surely not the only person that can't see this. He needs to go in and find a different way of playing to allow the players to get the best out of themselves, be the best versions of themselves, as he would say. But by doing, what he's doing at the moment is he's freezing players out. If we get another injury or two, we are absolutely in trouble. He needs to allow some of these other players who he's written off, um, Nakamba, Sanson, some of these people that are on the bench, and give them some minutes because it allows for competition for places, which no one is getting at the moment because we do have the injuries, I understand that. But there isn't competition for places if you're playing the same players week in, week out. It's easy for other teams to read what we're doing. Just be brave. Make some changes. If you've got beef with people like the Canberra and Sanson, fix it. Give them some sort of minutes so that we can can move forward. That's a a 10-second walk-off. Sorry, I was just trying to end it on a positive there. There were very good points, though, Tezu, man. Very, very excellent points. They're just spot on, left. 
But he, he, I, he just seems too stubborn to even think that way, does he? That's yeah. what it is, I think. And uh, just just be brave. Chelsea is a game where no one expects us to, to win. Be brave. Let the players go and play with some freedom. If the Villa supporters see that, they're behind the team. You, the noise will be electric at Villa Park. I think you it know. will be any. I think it will be anyway this weekend. I think the supporters will be so fired up. You're playing Chelsea. It's always great to play a team like Chelsea. And I think uh, I, I really hope we have a really great Sunday night, Monday morning, boys. We'll be back uh, next week, hopefully with the three points in the bag. Worst case scenario, the one point, um, and we will try and be more positive next week if. For whatever reason, we do get thumped, as Rhino thinks and hopes we don't. Um, then, you know, this podcast and, and every other podcast can't change too much because we all see the writing on the wall. Also, it's, I think we should also encourage people that are listening to to reach out to us um, on social media and give us some of your comments to talk about. Um, give us, you know, always up for some healthy com- uh, yep. conversation. Cuban underscore night on Twitter, um, Facebook, the lot. Um, and Instagram, like hit us up and send us a message. Give us a point of view so we can have this discussion and see what everybody else is thinking. And and if you listen and like the podcast, retweet it for us. Help us get the name out there. You know, F- follow our own personal accounts as well at Spud four six eight five, and just just help us bring the podcast forward. If you're a regular listener, like when you see Paul put up the put up the episodes, retweet it. You know, help help us get the name out there and give us some uh, as as Tess said, try and give us some content as well. We can't talk about losing every week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we want to hear from the support. We want to hear from the people that are listening because um, this is what we do. We do it for not only for ourselves but for for those guys. And if they want to have a voice, please get in touch with us. Let us know so that we can we can discuss. And we know people are listening because the uh, the numbers are, are really healthy, and we appreciate all of you. But we encourage you as we do every week um, at Aussie Villains. Um, at Cube at night with Spud, with Paul underscore football and Rhino Watkins as well. Um, look, we're there. We're all supporters from different parts of the world and uh, we'd love you to feel that you are part of this podcast as well. We'll speak to you guys next week. Up the villa. Up the, Up villa. the villa. So there was a bit of uh, post-podcast uh, banter afterwards. So we decided to kind of put an extra section in. So do be aware there might be a little bit of language and um, some confusion amongst what we're trying to say here. But this was post-pod banter and we're going to chuck it in. Up the villa. The cupboard's, the cupboard's almost bare. This, I was looking through the squad today and, and whoever made the point about the injuries, I think it was you, Tess. Yeah. We're in big, big trouble in the next few weeks. Um, yep. If we get one or two more, uh, I don't. I, we've got too good a squad um, to be worried about relegation. But a couple more injuries, and we could get relegated. I'm I'm genuinely worried at the moment with the form because we just the confidence is on the floor, and there's not too like. I can just see teams like Leicester picking up points and teams around us starting to pick up, but I just don't see it with us. And we've we've played seven of the bottom eight. Yeah. So we've got all the top, you know, we've got everything above us to play at the moment. So I am worried, fellas, really worried. You know, we missed that opportunity to play Leicester when they were on the lowest of lows as well. You know, right. that was we missed that opportunity to get... A... I was going to ask you a serious question. Oh, fair enough. Do, do you think he's going to get sacked? No, no, not unless how, how long do you, I don't either? How, how long do you think it's going to go on? World Cup season. Oh, no season, no. Paul. You reckon? 
I think they're going to. I think there's something we don't know about the contract guys. Like these contracts these days. I mean, we can all say we've got these billionaire owners and everything like that, but there's definitely a cause in that contract somehow because a club would normally be saying something either way and they're not saying anything. I think it will quiet too, isn't he? Yeah, but I think that's personal to a T, isn't it? When things are going well, look at me. When things are, where is he? You know, like that's, he's always the first, like he releases really good statements and stuff. Like, you know, he does, but now is the time to release a statement. Even if he's going to back the manager, just give Yes, 100%. I agree with that. I think, look, I think we're going to get a couple of results. I really do that are going to paper over the cracks. I think Gerard will stay for the season. And I don't think the owners think they can afford to sack another manager and, and have that kind of over their heads. And I think they're going to, I think they're going to back him. And if things do come right, they're going to say, look at us, look what we did. And if things go wrong, they're going to say, look, we wanted stability at the club. He's brought these people in. Thanks for your time, Stephen. We wish you the very best. But you know what? The, the, the thing that worries me the most, right, is that when when when, when Dean Smith was in charge, right, so forget about Smith now for a second, but all the things that were coming out of the club, like they were putting so much money into the academy. They were doing this. They were doing that. They were buying a certain age of profile player. And and I remember Parzos distinctly saying in one of the, his interviews after Gerard was hired was one of the main reasons that we brought Gerard was because of his ability to bring two young players. He's worked in development squads in England. Yeah. So he, it's all 29-year-olds and 28-year-olds he's bought. Yeah. In, in, in fairness to him, we'll cover this on the next podcast. You do have a look at a couple of the players that are injured right now and I think we'd be a far, far different team right now. I mean, you, you look at two of the big, big injuries and yeah. we're a completely different team. We really are. Kamara's not been out that long, mate. Yeah, but I still think we wouldn't be playing the way we are now. Like, he, and he you also... are when I'm in the team. We, we like, I know, I know, and he had time to settle in, but this isn't just going on with two weeks and three weeks. Like, this is oh, going I know, on I know. but he signed these players with with something in mind, and I do think they would have come along really well this year. We we saw what they were already bringing on, and I do think that they would have settled in by now, and and we'd be playing better. Even with Steven Gerrard giving no kind of direction, if that makes sense. I think that the biggest issue, though, is those two positions, Kamara and Carlos, are in areas, you know, like defensively, we haven't been that bad. And Kamara's a defensive midfielder. It's it's further forward where we've got the issues. Yeah, but I think Kamara gives the freedom for those players to overlap. And Kamara can pass really well. And I think he can, mm-hmm. whilst he's defensive, he's also played as a more. Uh, offensive player, and I and I do believe that the you know Carlos and Kamara really do. That we just lack any kind of flexibility whatsoever right now. Well, I think um, Carlos, Car- Carlos, like he was, he, he was poor enough against Bournemouth. He, I was at the Everton game that he got injured. He was okay. He wasn't outstanding. But like, I don't think Mings or Kanza have been really bad this season. I don't think. I don't, oh, I don't see. I don't see what extra he's going to bring to that backline. Maybe a little bit, but I don't think we've missed him that much. Like. No, I think the issues are further forward for me, definitely. Well, you know what? Break the bank. Go and sign a couple forwards because if Ings and Watkins aren't going to score goals, fuck them off and let's get some real players in because, mate, this can't keep going on. When your two strikers have got two goals between them, we are stuffed. I think if if they're... Because, like, for some reason, like, we're starting to whip so many balls into the box, like, and we don't have the players in there to to, to play like that. If you're going to continue this doing that, go and throw 30, 14, 15 million at Mitrovic there. Get him to... Yes. Or or, or some... Look, there's... Without being rude, if you have to resort 
to the kind of – and this would have been great in the podcast, in all honesty, guys, and we will bring it up next week because I did want to bring it up as a point, is that we might need to go a plan B or C player, which is the tall lump of a player, just to allow our skilled on-ballers the chance to feed off someone. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm, Yeah. Yeah, someone to hold the ball up and, and bring players into it further or, forward. Or, or, or even contesting the air. Win those yeah. headers that bring in the second and third chances. You look at the good teams, how many times a goal was scrambled in because there's there's someone in the middle contesting, right? We've got yeah. no one in the middle who contest headers. Yeah, yeah, we continuously whip the ball in from our We whip it in. Do you know who wins most do you know who wins most of our headers in the box? No. Uh, have a look over the last year. And if I'm wrong, you uh, I'm serious. McGinn. Yeah. I, 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 I promise you, McGinn wins more headers than anyone else, and he's probably the smallest guy in the team. Like I've seen some names of strikers that Villa fans like were saying, Oh, we need to get this guy, this guy. You have to be realistic, like we're Aston Villa, we're not Bayern Munich, like to some of these what? guys, like some of these guys are not <laughs> some of these guys are not gonna come. But I think I think someone like Mitrovic, who has Premier League experience, he's a bit of a scumbag, he's rough, he's tumble. He could be if you're gonna whip in balls, you need someone like that. Someone but, that's playing. But I'm, I'm not going to get Lewandowski, like, or do you know what I mean? That's, that's... I, I'm even thinking there's a lot of lumps in the um in the in the championship, right? So I'm not talking about someone who I want to score five or ten goals. I'm talking about a scrapper who we can go. We're in big trouble here. Let's just lump the ball forward, and and he does at least contest. I think we need. We've got no one like that in the squad. What about we let him go, didn't we? Keenan Davis. Yes. And, uh, I was now, just going to say, down to Watford, fellas. I was going to say, what about your man that was on loan at Forest last year? No, that, that's that's what I'm saying. A guy like Davis right now, in the way we're playing, would give us something completely yeah, but, different. Uh, well, but Keenan Davis is a tampon man. He was in for a week and then out for three. Well, no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying Davis. I love that. I'm, that's I'm good. Not saying Davis, I'm saying. We need a player or two like that in the squad. And there is not one player like that throughout the whole squad. No, you're right. You're spot on. An old season with Suarez, wait, they've been too bad, you know? Someone just going to throw himself around the no. pop and cause, cause the defence no. a bit of a back lane, a bit of trouble, you know? The ball. He wouldn't have got the ball enough. We don't have He can create, he can create chances for himself. No. Yeah, with his teeth are getting away. Look at it, uh, Wolves just picked up Diego Costa. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a lump, bit of hurly burly up there. So we'll see how have you seen have you seen him, Dom? Oh, he is unbelievably unfit at the moment. He is come off with Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, he, look, he looks like he's just got one of got a sponsorship with McDonald's or something and got a year. He is so overweight, man. And then they take him off and he's still roaring at the bench when we come coming off. You know, get out of breath, can't run. And he's still giving out of the taking off. If he gets injured, if he gets injured for them, he will be the first Premier League player to be injured with pregnancy because seriously, he looks like he's having twenty. <laughs> I, I just the problem for me is I just don't understand. Like we need we need different type of players. I've I've said it time and time again. Some of the players that we've currently got They're in the fine. squad should fine. have been should have been the backup players, and we're bringing in players to start in the first team. Well, that's the end of the podcast. I'm not sure if this song is going to give a bit more of a clue to my feelings about Gerard at the moment. But, um, you know, if you're into the Angels, you'll probably read between the lines. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. You can get us on through the Love Sport Podcast Network, on Google, on Apple, on Anchor, on Spotify, any way you listen to us. Love Sport Podcast is on Facebook and Twitter. 
You can get me at Paul underscore football. It's all about the villa. Up the villa.